hosting the Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Talking tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. Long about technology. Fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 180. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. We'll tell you about them shortly. Lots to talk about this week. Uh, Lots of rumours, lots of speculation, lots of new products, lots of fun stuff to talk about. And joining me, Trevor Long, each and every week, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mates. Good evening, Trevor. Great to be with you again. 180. We're getting close to 200. Jeez, it's just around the corner. 20, what's that, 20 weeks away? I mean, could that be CES? Jeez. No, 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 it'll be probably later than CS. Yeah, it'll be a bit, about bit later. twelve weeks away, I think. Twelve or thirteen weeks. We so. do cram a few episodes into CES, so we <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> might like... be well, we might get close. <clears throat> yes, well. It's uh, great to have your company if you've downloaded for the first time. Welcome. Uh thirty odd minutes of uh, the latest in technology news and information, plus some great reviews. And if you're joining us for um the the incountable number of times uh, previously, thank you for your loyalty and thank you for downloading. Uh lots to talk about as I say. Let's get cracking straight up. So lots of bleary-eyed uh, people on uh, Friday morning tech geeks around the world. Uh, 4 a.m. our time, uh, Apple have an announcement to make in uh, in Cupertino. Um, we don't know much, as always, but we can speculate pretty heavily. Uh, this is the iPad announcement. This is uh, pretty much on schedule. Uh, you know, we have WWDC, we have iPhone, we have iPad. And I think as of next year, around March or April, we'll have Apple Watch. That'll become the cycle. So we, we have to expect that this is iPad plus a few other things. They'll most likely, Stephen, announce um, a, a download availability date for a OS X Yosemite. Yep. Um, they'll most likely announce a, a new iPad, possibly even a new iPad mini at the same time, that uh, have a smaller and potentially iPhone-like rounded form factor, but certainly thinner, um, as well as there is some some hope, I think, for for new iMacs. Really, not much you do the form factor of the iMac, but you know you could do beautiful things to the screen resolution. So it could be a bit of a you know action packed you know hour, pump out some news and, and updates to the company, and and really cover off a lot of bases, mate. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it's it's pretty much. I think. We'll- Pretty common knowledge, I think that it's going to we're going to see a, a finger, touch ID sensor in the iPad. It just seems a logical upgrade. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing, of course, that we that we know for sure before an Apple event, but it seems pretty much uh, that that's a no brainer. They're going to introduce the the fingerprint reader. Uh, they also the iPad uh, in, the iPad Air uh, is I don't think the design's going to change. Just the addition of the faster processor to the A8 processor, yep. the touch ID. Um, there's also, and these are only pretty weak rumors at this stage, but there were talk, there was talk at one point that they may introduce even a larger screen iPad, which I, would, I would co- like to poo poo that, but you know, given my experience with the iPhone six well, plus, you see, I'm not going to, that's right. Yes. Well, you know what, but that's, that's one, one thing that, that they've, they've shown that they're not afraid to go big. Yeah. With the go iPhone big, 6 home. Plus, you know what I mean? So the go big, uh, the policy is we've definitely in place at Apple. So whether we see an iPad Pro, a 12-inch iPad, maybe maybe not this time, but I think potentially next year, 
the iPad minis. Uh, I don't know if they're going to have a design change. I think um, they may, I suppose, have the, the, be more towards the iPhone 6 look. But, um, uh, again, they're going to just get the touch IDs and the faster processor. I can't see any more of what they're going to do. Yeah, look, I mean, they, they might round the edge of the screen, just that little little edge of the screen that was rounded hey. on the on the iPhone was a big thing. But really, for a tablet, maybe you don't need that. So you're right. It's It, it really is a uh, an under-the-hood upgrade plus the touch yeah. ID. Um, which is a struggle for Apple because you think about it, and obviously we talk in in terms of two two spheres here. You know, our, our listeners, you, you you at home or on the bike, wherever you're listening, um, you know what it means for you. But also, it's interesting for for us, I think, to to look at it from a media perspective. You know, there's always interest in the Apple launch, and you know, I've already already got interest in in when when we can talk on Friday, but. I worry that it's one of those things where they say, yeah, well, uh, it's a bit faster and you can open it with a <laughs> fingerprint and that's about it. And that's that's a problem for Apple because there's so much expectation. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And they're, they're one of the, that's the big problem for the, a company like Apple is managing that expectation. Um, I think the fact that it's a much smaller event, I think, says a lot about sort of the, the, the gravity of what they're going to say. It, it's a much more... Uh, intimate event than compared to what the iPhone event that you and I attended and the Apple Watch event. So I think that alone sort of speaks to the the, the size of this announcement. But um, just on just on the the iMac side of things, that the 27 inch Retina display iMac uh, that would uh, oh. that would just look incredible. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be a cheap device though. Oh, I think it's, a Retina on an iMac is going to be well, it'll be a, it'll yeah your eyes will pop out, but. Uh, yeah, to have a retina display of that size, uh, it may add to what I consider a, a reasonably priced computer. May add a may add a bit of prior, may add some dollars to that. What do you think? I, I'd still still get it. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I agree. I, I look at what I spent on my iMac that I'm looking at right now. It's the it's yeah. the machine I use to produce all of the content, and you know, I spec'd it heavily um, from the factory in terms of RAM and, and hard drive and everything and spent I did the same. I did the a same. lot of money. And yeah. you look at it and you go, I mean, I don't know that I could justify additional money to that just because the screen's better. Um, what I've done is I've got a, a like a 4K resolution monitor beside as a second monitor for mine so that if I want that resolution, it's there. But the compatibility for that resolution is now a problem. So I kind of need the, the, the Retina to be available in, in OS ten at this size. Yeah. But, you know, so it's kind of cart before the horse stuff. But you know what I think about the iPad, interestingly, now that we talk about the iMac, is maybe we're getting to the point five years in that the iPad is just another product for Apple. Where and and you know iPhone and and Apple Watch become these standout things that need you know hype every year. If you think about the i the iMac doesn't actually get updated uh, other than maybe a processor and certainly not designed for years. Why yeah, can't we be happy with the iPad being the same? Too. Why yeah. can't we be happy with the iPad being the same but faster and in a, in a subtle update? Why do we expect Apple to revolutionise something? What are we expecting it to be? You know, thin as a piece of paper. That's just stupid. Yeah, I think. Well, I think it's inevitable. We're going to come to a point where we're going to say, "What more could you possibly do to this thing?" There's going to be a point yeah. there. We're going to say, "Well, how 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 much can they do? What can they do next?" Uh, so. In terms of the design, I think you're right. The iMac, I think Apple's very much, and, and I think the MacBook Pro is probably the best example of that, is that once, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind yeah. of uh, policy there. The MacBook Pro is a great example. That The MacBook Air has been I didn't like that for six years. The MacBook yes. hasn't really changed. Yes. But, the, um, but in terms of the iPad, I think 
the, it is a very, it is still a pretty competitive space, the tablet space. Um, that that Apple aren't going to obviously they're not going to be asleep at the wheel. They're going to still want to have some kind of improvement to give it give it that kind of impetus for those for those new customers that are entering the market so that their latest product stands out from the crowd. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're going to change the iPad Air's design. I, I think that they it's only been a year old. They, they tend to stick to a design for at least a couple of years, although the original iPad only lasted less than a year, to be honest. But yeah. uh, that, that's the original iPad they were talking about. But yeah. um, iPad Mini, not sure if that's going to change much. It may, as you said, may have that more rounded look. Uh, and I'm just wondering what they're going to call them. Are they going to just be called iPad Mini 2? or what? The iPad Mini didn't really get a number, did it? The second version was just with a retina display. That's right. So there's no number increment there. The iPad Air may follow the same, the same path. The iPads didn't really – the iPad stopped being numbered. I think – remember they called it the, the new – The third. The new iPad. Third generation. So they didn't really number the iPad. So that's another thing I'm curious to see, how they name these things. Well, the old S could be thrown in, but uh, so iPad Air S or iPad S, um, iPad Pro, you know, those kind of things have been bandied around. But yep. look, it's all speculation. We'll bring you the news um, via techguide.com.au and EFTM on Friday. The the If you're, if you're desperate, uh, 4 a.m. Friday morning, turn, we'll on, turn on your Apple TV uh, or your Safari browser and you can get access to it. Or just jump online and follow us on Twitter in the morning while you're lying in bed if you want and uh, follow all the news and information as it happens on Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, we've been talking, speculating Apple. Now it's time to speculate Samsung. Uh, and it's not really speculating what the product's going to be because we know already about the Galaxy Note 4 and the Galaxy Note Edge. We're speculating this time as why they are delayed. They've been pushed push back uh, a week. Each of them uh, have been pushed back a week. And the original the original launch dates for the Note Four uh, was uh, November four November five, and the Galaxy Note Edge was November twelve. Now, mm. uh, sorry, so the, the original October twenty nine was the Note Four, and November five for the Note Edge, and they've been pushed forward to the fifteenth, to fifth, and the twelfth. If you can mm. understand that, it's uh, it's on tech delayed. Line. Bottom uh, line, the bloody yeah, things have been week, delayed. A week late, but it hasn't stopped though. Optus and Vodafone starting their pre-orders. Uh, interestingly, Optus are only offering the Galaxy Note 4 as a pre-order, whereas Vodafone have gone ahead and offered both the Note 4 and the Galaxy Note Edge on their pre-orders. But why do you think a company the size of Samsung would change a date like that so close to the release? Is there... I, I'm, I'm thinking maybe there might be supply chain issues, shipping problems, you know, trying to source parts... What could possibly have happened? Is there a bug in the system? I, I think I think a bug would be a much longer delay. I think this is purely about the ability to deliver stock, and I think that what that means, from my point of view, is that they either can't deliver in time, so they're delaying it, you know, for that reason, or they've had a greater level of interest in another country, and they're diverting stock levels to another country so that they can balance it out and, and you know meet demand. Um, one of those kind of things is probably the reason. And and what's kind of interesting here is that if Apple delayed a launch, delayed a product availability, the world would be up in arms. Yet Sam, and I, yeah. I think this demonstrates clearly that Samsung aren't there yet, even though we'd love to think they are. These products are 
second tier products in my view, the, the big phablet style devices, even though the, the six plus sold like hotcakes, I think that was more about, um, you know, they probably didn't make as many of them. So they sold out of stock that they had. But I think this just demonstrates that, um, that this is a second tier. If this happened to the Galaxy S5, we'd be asking a lot more questions. No, I, no, I disagree. I think these Note products are going to be popular. Uh, I think Apple with the 6 Plus validated that large screen market. They, 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 they sort of said, well, you know what? It's out there. We're doing it as well. And that, I think, to Sam, for Samsung, just validated the fact that they've been producing these things for four years. Um, I think the, the Galaxy Note Edge, we're one of only, I think, half a dozen countries that's actually getting the product. So I don't know whether that, that's a, that was part of the issue where the U.S. wanted more and so we, were, we need to be delayed a week. Uh, but the Note 4, I think they're planning big things for this. And, and you've got, you got to remember that Samsung haven't been the sort of company that actually puts an exact date on a launch. They've ne- they've, uh, it's only with this and possibly perhaps the Galaxy S5 that they actually said, okay, it's going to be available on this exact date. Mm. So their experience at meeting dates like this is, doesn't go far as far back as Apple's experience in doing this and delivering it on a specific date and time. So I think that uh, maybe rookie mistakes might be happening over at Samsung and trying to deliver on a certain date. Maybe that's the reason for the slip. There might be scheduling issues, yeah. like shipment issues. Uh, they may not have coordinated it uh, and, and logistically prepared as uh, as well as Apple normally does. But I'm, I'm still really looking forward to seeing the Galaxy Note 4. I have had a hands-on with it. Uh, you can read all that at Tech Guide and the Note Edge. I'm, uh, I'm excited about both of these devices and keen to get my hands on them when they eventually arrive, unfortunately, a week later than scheduled. And the bottom line is I don't think one week delay is going to stop anyone who want, was wanting one getting one. So uh, they'll still be uh, getting theirs when they want them, and the pre-orders are available now through Optus and Vodafone. And, mate, you were in London last week. I was watching with interest the Lenovo announcement. Um, always been a fan of the Lenovo products. The Lenovo Yoga tablet was just it was a great, something very different in the tablet space. And the Yoga 2 Pro is, is, is one of my favorite, Yoga Pro 2 is one of my favorite uh, Ultrabooks because of its adaptability. You can switch it around, be a tablet, and all those different things. So great little products, and they've just basically uh, incrementally done some great work on those two products to to bring them into this year. Um, a projector on a tablet and <laughs> a really beautiful hinge on, on, a, on an Ultrabook. Yeah, I think uh, Lenovo. I think it's pretty obvious that the sort of they, they want to sort of carve out a bit more of the consumer market with these products. It's pretty obvious the way they they they're, they're approaching the marketing of this and the, the customer they're trying to attract. Uh, and and of course, having someone like Ashton Kutcher as the as not only the face of the products or the the the, the he's also the product engineer. He's helped develop the products, which, if you can believe that. Uh, I think he's trying to be the the new Steve Jobs, who ironically he played in a film. Uh, oh, he did play Steve Jobs in a film. It's kind of sort of try, trying to present the same way as him and trying to sort of offer that same sort of excitement and 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 uh, and charisma that that Steve Jobs obviously. He had when he presented, but uh, it, the products themselves, though, uh, really didn't need a Hollywood actor to promote them because I think, in their own right, they're, they're quite impressive. The Yoga 2 tablet, uh, now available in eight and 10 inches with Windows and Android versions, and that, yeah, that, that, 
the stand now has uh, the hang mode, so it's got a little uh, opening where you can actually hang the tablet from a, a hook or whoever you, whatever you've got uh, laying around, so you can sort of arrange it how you like. And I didn't know until this event, uh, embarrassingly, that it was called the Yoga Range because it can be turned on its head and that it's very flexible. Did you know that, Trevor? <laughs> yes, I did, Stephen. Okay. But... Well, I only discovered that at the event, but uh, the, the, t- the two pro with the projector – uh, a lot of people might think, you know what, it's a, it's a pretty gimmicky feature just to stick a projector in it. But with that cylindrical edge, it was it was a perfect place to put it. And I've had a hands-on look at this projector, and the quality of it was surprisingly good. Yeah. From a distance of a couple of meters, you can project a 50-inch 50 50-inch, uh, image. Mm. And, uh, and it was, look, it's it's no 4K, full yeah, yeah. HD, solid it's projector. Home like cinema home style, theater. yeah. But I tell you what, for something that's coming out of the side of a tablet, the quality was very impressive. And when you initially hear that, you think gimmick. But then, okay, stop for a second and think about people who travel, businessmen who've got a little SD card with every episode of West Wing on it, for example. Yep. Um, and, and you're in a hotel room and, you know, a crappy cable, whatever it is, you just put your tablet up against a wall near you or something and you've, you've got a big screen movie experience rather than holding the tablet in your hand. I mean, there's real, there is something to it. Plus, business people doing presentations, um, yes. you know, it's right there. You can get wireless controllers that, you know, Bluetooth flick through presentations. So there's a lot of potential for it. It's just, I guess it's going to be hard for them to demonstrate that and show its niche. But look, I, I think they're both great products. They're, they're, they're really well priced. Um, they're going to be available here quite soon. So that, that's also a positive. Yep. And mate, in the end, I... I was talking about this on Your Tech Life. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Lenovo is massive. I mean, they're, they're a huge company, uh, biggest PC company in the world. Um, that They are stupidly huge in China. It's just unbelievable, obviously. And and I think what they're doing in the consumer space is saying, you know what, Apple's great. Um, Samsung, doing a good job. But you know what, they can... Do you remember that comment we had? Christ, it's got to be two or three years ago, three, three or four years ago with Sony yep. wanting to be like the number two or number three yes. uh, mobile phone company. I think Lenovo is really close to being the third brand people think of um, in technology, in consumer technology. Yeah. And, and when they're at three, it won't take them much to be at two because they're doing stuff that Samsung aren't doing as big. I mean, Samsung do laptops, but Lenovo do them better. Um, you know, so they, they've got a real potential in the next four to five years to grow that company to a brand that is of extreme value. And let me throw this in as well. You got to remember, right? So, so that, that, that's exactly what you said is spot on. You got to remember too. They bought Motorola. Yes. So hello, smartphones coming our way yeah, yeah, yeah. with Motorola technology on board. This company is going to be a real force. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they've partnered with even with JBL. They got JBL Audio on board. Uh, so they're, they're really – they're pulling the right levers at the moment. And then th- have a look at the Yoga Pro 3. In terms of design and engineering, that's a very impressive product. That hinge, re- once you see that with uh, in the flesh, you'll be so impressed. Yeah. Now, I had a hands-on look at it as, as well in London, and wow, that is a really impressive device. When it's closed, it's a really thin ultrabook. You open it up, nice, beautiful, big screen – but that that hinge lets you turn it back on itself and have it go in tent mode and use it as a tablet. It's very very impressive. I think it's a a sign that Lenovo aren't afraid to to innovate to do things differently. As the, the Lenovo Yoga tablet show, it, the, your tablet don't have to be flat. People, it can be it can have a handle on it. Mm. It can have a projector in it. So. I think that a lot of people, especially the consumers, the consumer customer that they want to they want to go for, are going to be impressed. 
Very much so. And you can check out those new products on Stephen's website at techguide.com.au. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. And uh, you have to check out at your local retail store uh, the Netgear Nighthawk X6 tri-band Wi-Fi router. This thing is just great to look at for a start. It has this alien appearance to it with six antennas that are adjustable. And that actually is an important feature because it means you can adjust the antennas based on your, your house and home configuration. But importantly, it's packed with technology. This is a breakthrough tri-band Wi-Fi uh, technology built to connect to each and every device in your home automatically and simultaneously. So laptops, tablets, phones, TVs, game consoles, cameras, if it's Wi-Fi enabled, it's X6 accelerated. And uh, with a massive combined wireless speed of up to 3.2 gigabits per second, uh, three Wi-Fi bands and smart connect intelligence, Every device is assigned to the fastest Wi-Fi connection possible and optimized for maximum speed. And, you know, to demonstrate that, I, I did a speed test earlier today when uh, my mobile phone, uh, wireless AC uh, acceptable, was connected to the basic 2.5 gigahertz network. It's getting one or two um, meg speeds on a 100 meg cable connection at home. I, I switched it up to one of the higher tri-band uh, um, networks and I was getting much greater speeds. And the reason for that is the slowest device on your network determines the speed of your network. So the tri-band uh, Nighthawk X6 helps you out with that um, using Smart Connect. Well worth checking out and you can find it at, tech, at uh, netgear.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, while you were in London, I was in Bathurst, HTC was in New York, and uh, they were interesting because we speculated last week what they were announcing, and, you know, we don't have to go into great detail, but essentially they announced two products. One of them is a smartphone with a uh, really impressive front-facing camera going for the whole selfie market, and the other one, a small personal recording device, a camera that is like a Ventolin or a little periscope you know, a very weird looking thing, but you hold it in, in your grip and the and the camera points out basically to do, you know, video recording of what you see around you. Very interesting devices. The HTC RE, RE is what that little um, video camera is called. I don't know, Steve. Firstly, what do you think? Well, I think the uh, the Desire Eye, first of all, the smartphone with the, with the exact same camera front and back, 13 megapixel, flash front and back. Uh, I think that's going to be really popular uh, for those who love to love a selfie and lo- love to take photos of themselves in front of you know landmarks and with people and things like that. Uh, and it's going to be quite an attractive looking device as well. So sort of that younger market, it's going to really appeal to. So I think that that's a smart move. But it's, they're not the first company to think of having a strong camera on the front. I think Oppo have got a device that has a rotating camera. So it's the same camera that you can aim however you want. So mm. it's certainly not, not the first time that it's been done. Um, but in terms of the re, um, I don't know. I've got mixed feelings about this product. I think that the first thing that people reach for when they want to shoot decent quality video is their smartphone. Whether they want to carry around a secondary device to do that, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, it, it's, it is obviously smaller than a smartphone and can be placed on a tripod and all that sort of thing. I don't know the customer for this. I'm not sure whether it's going to be the younger people who are going to do it, who are going to want it. They've already got a camera. They've already got a camera in their smartphone. Uh, I'm not sure about that one. I think about a product called the Flip. I loved that camera, and I think it was so easy to use. It was easy to hold in your hand. It was a simple point and shoot, one right. button to record. It disappeared. Why, why it, did you stop using it though? Because they stopped making it. 
Well, but also they the had a thing called a smartphone in your pocket. No, mate. That's I mean, mine mine broke, and and that's why I stopped using it. I used to use it to to do heaps of recording because I think the quality of the the video from it was better than most smartphones yep. of the day. Certainly, I think if Cisco had persisted with that product, you know, we would have seen some real amazing stuff come out of it. But I think I think there is a market. I just don't think you and I see it, and and I think HTC are hoping to have found it and maybe it's you know partly because the asian market is huge with this kind of thing yeah but you're right the 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 holding up your smartphone is the default and most simple way to do stuff plus this thing doesn't have a screen so you don't know what you're filming so exactly there is this discreet i'm just i'm videoing something so i don't know it's good on them for trying but i worry it i worry that they they are clutching at straws at this point yeah, well, I think the the only real appeal to it is the fact that it's it's much smaller than a smartphone, and the fact that it doesn't have a, a screen, which is kind of similar to a GoPro. You, you can use GoPro without a screen, and it can still capture whatever you want. It is waterproof too, yeah. so that, that's another plus uh, for the re that it can actually go, I think, to a depth of a meter. Uh, but you, you uh, yeah, you, it does it does look like an Aspen inhaler. Uh, it is the periscope shape there. The button is 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 pretty ergonomically placed as well on the back of the the bend of the of the shape there. I've got pictures yeah. on Tech Guide of it. Uh, there's a front button as well if you want to capture slow motion. I think there's a slow motion capture mode. Um, but you know you can do that all that on your phone. I think um, is this is this sort of for more discreet shooting possibly maybe for someone who wants to sort of shoot something you know off the hip or somewhere where you know holding up a smartphone is quite an obvious mm. move that you're recording something. Is that is that maybe a possibility that people who want to record things that they don't want to be seen to be recording? I don't know. Well, we'll have to wait and see. If you want to check it out, check out the photos at techguide.com.au. Um, if you've got an opinion about the the re camera specifically, we'd love to know. Uh, love to know what you think. Tweet us at the Ziggy Zaggy hashtag uh, at Stephen Fennick with a ph and at Trevor Long. Uh, be, be interested and curious to see what you think about the things like the HCC Desire Re. But you can check it out now at techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Yeah, here's a quick one, Trevor, about uh, video calling. I thought there was an interesting little story that uh, a recent survey showed that Aussies are quite vain when it comes to video calling. In fact, mm. There's been uh, a study has shown that, that many of us reject, and, and us, I, I won't say us, actually, because I've never rejected a video call because of the way I look, but other people <laughs> have. Other people have rejected video calls because they don't reckon they're up to scratch. A third, a third of those surveyed, they've, they've knocked back the face-to-face call because they think they don't look good enough. And uh, interestingly, the research was compiled by Belong, the, uh, the home broadband that's powered by Telstra. And the study actually showed, too, some interesting things that 25% of all callers, uh, they they said they took take at least five minutes to get ready for a video call. So I don't know what's going on out there. Are we, are we pampering ourselves to look good on screen? It's a funny one. Five minutes to get ready for a video call? Lighten and up, people. The quality is crap. 10% said they spent between 15 and 30 minutes preparing themselves and they're obviously checking hair and checking themselves out in the mirror, checking out their background, even taking selfies to make sure they're looking okay, they're screen ready. Uh, and the people, this is the most funniest part that I found, the people that did actually accept the video call and were, thought they were good enough for the video call, 
spent most of the times looking at themselves in the preview window <laughs> to make sure they looked okay. So, uh, uh, wow, what does that say about us? Is that embarrassing or what? I think it's very embarrassing, but it also proves why I just don't bother with them. I mean, seriously, what's wrong with just having a call? Just yeah. sending a message, a uh, voice message, yeah. a voice bite, Stephen. Hello, but, yes. you know, phone calls. I, you know, I tr- we travel a bit. I travel a little. I, I don't, I video call maybe once when I'm overseas to yep. see the kids, but the rest of the time it's just a phone call. I mean, geez, calm down, people. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, you can uh, read about that study at uh, techguide.com.au. Now, a couple of quick things before we get to your exclusive minute review. Um, Ford announced uh, a bit of an expansion to the MyKey uh, technology. Now, this is... There's a lot in this uh, uh, relating to smartphones and apps, and uh, this is a huge space. You know, Ford, Holden, General Motors, they've all been talking about this for a while. So there's a lot going on in this space, Stephen, isn't there? And um, I guess, you know, this is an important play because Ford want these things. For example, my key's already available across the Fiesta lineup. Um, But, you know, there's a bit of cool safety technology in there. There's a bit of app integration. There's a fair bit going on. Absolutely, yeah. For uh, just to explain quickly, MyKey is a new technology that Ford uh, have already got in the uh, in the Fiesta range and going to inc- expand into the the, uh, the Mondeo and Mustang range as well. And what it basically does is allows you to set a speed limit to your car or reduce the speed limit of your car. It also reduces the volume level of the audio system, and even has a feature where the audio system won't work unless the front seat belts are fastened. So basically it's a way for parents to have some peace of mind when they give their children the keys. Mm. So it's it's obviously been proven to be pretty uh, popular among among Ford customers. Uh, it's also backed, though, by interesting research from the NRMA that shows that 61% of parents were obviously concerned about their children being distracted behind the wheel. So at least having this, it does give parents some peace of mind. And as a parent of a child who does drive, my son Aaron has got his, had his license for a few months now. It is something that's in the back of your mind that you would, that of course, you want your children to be safe. But if there's some technology that can help them be more safe, then I think parents are going to welcome that with open arms. Absolutely. And uh, I think this is the beautiful thing about um, vehicles. They are more than just an engine and a, and a drive line now. They, uh, they have these computers built into them. They have great technology. And there is some cool things. I mean, the, the simple... Like simple things like, you know, having different keys that do different seat settings was, was a fun thing. You know, I'm driving cars today that, that can uh, can detect where I am on the road and help me get back in my lane and stop me from hitting people in front of me. But then the simple stuff inside the car, like, hey, your stereo doesn't work unless you've got seatbelts on, kids. That kind of stuff is cool. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be prolific across cars in the future. Um, and hopefully it, it does help with a lot of the uh, the road safety stuff that we're talking about. And it's good to have... Um, Ford working hard on this kind of stuff. Um, you can check all of that Ford announcement out at techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Quickly, before your minute reviews, LG last week while you're in uh, London and uh, on your way to a holiday in Malta with your buddies and uh, and uh, family. <laughs> I really. Uh, um, yeah, you basically own Malta. I'm aware of that. That's um, right. <laughs> LG announced uh, some some new TVs, and what here's what I love about this announcement. We moved away from the curve. The curve is there, but it wasn't the feature. The feature was what we're offering you today is a product that has all the best of everything. It is OLED, you know, easily the best vision you can get on on a TV. It's it's thin, it's beautiful color, it's rich, it's deep blacks. It's a, it's a great great picture. OLED, excellent tick. 
it's 4K ultra high definition. Tick the best resolution you can get. And kind of the third tier thing was, and by the way, it's curved as well, which is becoming more and more popular. The problem, I guess, is that you're talking about a $10,000 price tag with a dollar change um, for a 65-inch version, 23000 for a 77-inch version, both of which is excessive and, and expensive, but there will be a market for them. But then suddenly, a nice announcement, um, for four grand, you can get yourself a 55-inch curved OLED TV, not ultra-high definition, but 55-inch um, 55 curved OLED screen for four grand. I mean, that thing was 16 grand not long ago. That's right, yeah. I think um, uh, OLED is something that LG has sort of been very very prominent with. Uh, they, they, they've really pushed the technology, and uh, as, as you can see from these products, it's a play that they're going to make. They want to be kind of first to market with all these things, but having that magic combination of 4K and OLED, of course it's going to be expensive because it's new, and you're getting the best of everything there. You're getting 4K OLED in one TV, then, of course, that's going to come with a price tag. But, boy, it's going to be a great-looking television if you can afford it. And I think as, as time goes by, as we always see, the prices do come down. Uh, you know, eventually there'll be you know, better uh, economies of scale and more competition and these things, these things come down. So if you're an early adopter in this space, it's going to be a costly one. But boy, the experience is going to be, I think, like no other. It's going to be the best experience that's, uh, that's available today. That's right. You can check out those new TVs from LG at techguide.com.au or uh, eftm.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, mates, you've been on holidays. Uh, the, the listeners have been in contact with me, wondering about you, worried about you, <laughs> uh, concerned that you're having far too much fun in Malta and that you would adopt yep. the Malta bunnies instead of the South Sydney bunnies. Well, no, These were the... all concerns that your listeners yep. and, and mine uh, raised with me. But I assured them that you were reviewing something very important, which we talked about briefly before. Yep. But uh, you've spent a bit of time on plane, so a very well-earned review of the Bose QC25. Yeah, absolutely. I think that if, if you're looking for the, uh, the best noise-canceling headphones, then look no further than the Bose QC25, QuietComfort 25. Uh, Bose have this uh, – just not only uh, have they – redesigned this from the outside but they've also improved uh, it on the inside uh, it's got a sleeker look and feel it's actually a little bit smaller than the QC15s which it's replacing uh, and it, it feels a bit more compact and still very comfortable to wear but uh, what's most impressive is just the level of noise cancellation the quality of the noise cancellation is second to none and you've got to remember that while these microphones are working and reducing the, the outside noise by the reverse signals and all that technology going on at the same time they're actually providing probably the best audio quality on the market as well. So two for two there, uh, Bose doing it like no one else. The QC25, uh, $399, which I think yeah, you, you get what you pay for, and I think worth every dollar. They're powered by one AAA battery that'll last about 35 hours, which is easily a trip to the US and back, and you'll still have battery, battery life to go. Uh, they are, I think, the best noise-canceling headphones money can buy right now. And oh. my full review is at techguide.com.au if you're interested in reading it. I couldn't agree more. They are stunning, and um, you know, certainly you'll pay more than that for other headphones, and these ones are um, best in class, best in class stuff. And uh, techguide.com.au for the full review. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening 
listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fenwick. And that's a wrap. We'd love to stay and chat, um, but um, that'll come in the unplugged version of the show later in the year. <laughs> we're just discuss- we're discussing how um, how yep. how we can we could talk a lot more underwater, really, couldn't we? Um, yes. But uh, maybe for an, hard, maybe for another day. I mean, look, if people want to suggest to us what they would like to hear us doing, talking about, um, I'm absolutely open to suggestions. We we love hearing from people, especially on Twitter, with the Ziggy Zaggy hashtag because you know that is the names of two of the best dogs in the world. Obviously, it's <laughs> Logan is just an a, you know assumed name. Um, but uh, yeah, tweet us on the Ziggy Zaggy hashtag. Let us know what you think and let us know uh, how you, how you want to. Uh, hear the show, how you do hear the show, how you want to hear it change, whatever it is, doesn't matter. Um, open up, let us know. Love your feedback. Love the feedback. At Stephen Fennick and at Trevor Long. Um, follow Stephen and myself. Uh, you can listen to us around the country on the radio and, and different segments and stuff around the TV and everywhere. We're everywhere for you because we want to bring you everything in tech and we do it all thanks to Netgear. Stephen, we shall be back next week here on Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thank you, mate. See you then, mate. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.